the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. About your spiritual walk and obedience, and not just getting your money. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? If we give to unscrupulous people, the money gets squandered, and we may as well have just burned it for all the good it did. And that's not wise giving, nor is it how the Bible instructs us to give. Today, on Verse by Verse, we'll consider the close connection between giving with integrity and giving to people of integrity. Welcome. We're glad to have you here today. Pastor Steve Kreloff is our study leader for these daily radio Bible classes. He's the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. I I guess I'm giving away my age when I say this, but two of my favorite comedians were George Burns and Gracie Allen. What a team. Gracie said a lot of really crazy stuff that made people just shake their heads, especially George. I wonder if a little of Gracie had rubbed off on George when he commented that if you can fake sincerity, you've got it made. One of my co-workers used to joke that he could fake sincerity with the best of them. Well, a lot of people try to do that, and sadly, they often succeed and become filthy rich at the expense of the people they fool. So we need to be cautious when someone asks for money. Are they really people of integrity? As we continue this study of 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, let's open our Bibles and see what scriptural insights Pastor Steve can help us find. Now, the Apostle Paul was very, very conscious of the fact that some at Corinth questioned his integrity. In fact, that that is a theme throughout this this letter. But they were especially suspicious of him when it came to, to money matters. In fact, in chapter 12, he will directly answer some of their suspicions that they thought that uh, he was so concerned about the collection because he was benefiting from it himself. And and by the way, that's why Paul goes to great lengths to say such things as, uh, I'm not commanding you to do this. This is my opinion. Uh, uh, This isn't a command. He didn't want them thinking that that he has anything less than virtuous motives. This is also why he said, I'm telling you, don't go beyond your ability. It's not to put a financial strain on it. He went to great lengths to assure them that he's not primarily interested in their money and certainly not interested in getting anything for himself. He understood their objections, and he wanted the collection to be characterized by virtue and integrity, and watch this, in every aspect, and that includes how it was administered. And so in the remaining verses of chapter 8, Paul gives his attention to assuring the Corinthians that the administration of this collection would be done honestly and handled in a Christ honoring way. In fact, let me just show you this. Verses 20 and 21 show you where Paul's going on this. It'll show you that, that this is where his heart was at. Notice verse 20. He says, taking precaution so that no one will discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. So that's what he's talking about. For we, verse 21, have regard for what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. What Paul is saying is, I want you all at Corinth to understand that that my attitude isn't just, well, God knows my heart. God knows that we're doing the right thing. Paul said, I want you to know that we're doing the right thing. I don't want to bring disgrace on the gospel. I don't want anyone to discredit us in this. I want you to know exactly what's going on 
so that you understand that we're doing this in an above-board manner. And the way he assured the Corinthians that this collection would be free from mismanagement was to present three men who would oversee the collection and then carry it to Jerusalem. But watch this. Paul not only informs the Corinthians of the three men and, and who they are, but he actually gives the church their spiritual qualifications, their credentials that make them qualified for such an important task. He says, not only here are the guys, but this is why these are the guys. This is why. And this is terribly important for us. Let me tell you why. Because biblically, these principles never change. It's the same godly credentials that you and I today are to look for in individuals who lead organizations or churches where we give our money. No matter how good a ministry may appear, if those who manage the funds are lacking in these qualifications, then you should not give them your money. Give it some other place. And you know what? This pertains to to us at Lakeside. If you don't have absolute confidence in the leadership who uh, are involved with, with money at Lakeside, then you should not be here. You should be somewhere else that you have confidence. And I'm not talking just about uh, pastors and elders. I'm talking about uh, staff and elders. I mentioned deacons, staff, ministry leaders, those who might be considered treasurers, financial administrators, and those on the finance committee. You should have absolute confidence in the integrity of these individuals and their spiritual credentials. And we should not have individuals who are on those committees or in those positions who do not meet these qualifications. And this is, this is very important. If they are not spiritually qualified to handle money, then you should find a place where you think and believe that they are qualified. You see, if, if they're lacking in godliness, then they will be prone to misuse funds. You say, why? It's very simple. Because only those leaders who are walking with Christ understand how to use the money in the way that Christ wants it to be used. Unspiritual people don't have a clue as to the priorities of how the Lord wants to spend his money. Spiritual people walk with him. God works through desires and through the word and leads them. So what are the spiritual qualifications necessary for those who administer finances in a ministry. This morning, we're going to look at at two of them. Next week, Lord willing, we'll look at more. But we're going to see that Paul presents several qualifications, spiritual qualifications, and it's these qualifications that should be true of every leader involved with money at Lakeside. This is the criteria used to evaluate leaders appointed to handle funds. And these this is the criteria that we should use as elders in appointing people to work with money in the church. So if you're ready, taking notes, here's where we're going to go. The first qualification for those who handle church finances, and I'm calling it church finances because Paul is speaking of a church. It could, it could apply to any Christian ministry, but the first qualification for those who handle church finances is that, number one, they must be interested in your spiritual welfare. They must be interested in your welfare. We pick this up at verses 16 and 17. Paul writes, but thanks be to God. So he starts off by thanking God for something who puts the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus. 
For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he has gone to you of his own accord. Now, before we, before we deal with all the, the, the points of this, let me just say in broad perspective what he's talking about. The first individual that Paul identifies who will be involved in the receiving of the collection is a man very familiar to the Corinthians by the name of Titus. Titus was a colleague of Paul, a partner in ministry. The Corinthians certainly knew of him. He's mentioned several times in this letter. In fact, he's the one who had recently come back, returned from Corinth with news for Paul about the repentance of the Corinthians. Remember? He had gone to Corinth and he, and he was confronting them about their need to repent over, over issues and be restored to and reconciled to Paul. And now he's returned and he said, Paul, they have repented for the most part. They have repented. And so Titus was familiar to them. And it is most appropriate that he would oversee this collection because in previous verses, Paul said that he was the one who he dispatched to Corinth to initiate a year earlier this offering. And now Paul says, I'm sending him back to Corinth to direct the completion of it. Now, what's the point of verses 16 and 17? Listen closely. The point is this. It's to say that even though, and this is what Paul was thanking God for, even though Paul had asked Titus to return to Corinth and help direct the collection, that's what he asked him. If you look at verse 16, but thanks be to God who puts the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus, for he not only accepted our appeal. Now let's stop there. What he means is that Paul said, Titus, I appeal to you. Would you go back to Corinth? I know you've just returned. You're probably tired, probably been a, a difficult ministry, but I'm asking you, would you go back? Paul said, thanks be to God, Titus already wanted to return. Even though I asked him and I appealed to him, he had the desire already. Verse 16, but thanks be to God who puts the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus. I'm thanking God because God placed the desire on the heart of Titus to be zealous for you, to be devoted to you, to care about you. Verse 17, for he not only accepted our appeal, he was willing to go. But being himself very earnest, very zealous, he means for you, he has gone to you of his own accord. That is to say that though I asked him to go, he wanted to go because he loves you. He cares about you. That's the point. He was devoted to these people. So what is it that makes Titus very qualified to handle the the collection? Folks, it's this. It was his concern for the welfare of the Corinthians. Titus cared about them. It wasn't that he was just obeying Paul and, yes, I'll go because you're an apostle. Titus wanted to go. When, when Paul says then uh, that he was earnest, God put the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus, it means that he was zealous for you. He had a concern about you. And that's very interesting because here's what I see in this. Titus wasn't interested in their money. And Titus wasn't even primarily interested in the poor saints in Jerusalem. Although I'm sure that was a concern. But the reason he wanted to go back to them is that he had a sincere interest put in his heart by God for the spiritual welfare of the Corinthians. He cared about them, not their money, but them. He wanted the Corinthians to give their money. Why? Not because of the project and we got to raise as much for Jerusalem. That wasn't it. But he understood that God 
would bless the Corinthians in proportion to their obedience to him and their giving. That's, that's the bottom line here. He was concerned about them obeying and following through with their commitment because giving is all part of our obedience to the Lord. He had an earnest zeal for them. And this is an extremely important principle to keep in mind when you're considering which Christian ministry to invest in or which local church to give your, your weekly offerings to. Only, only give your money to those ministry organizations that care for you that care first and foremost about your spiritual walk and obedience and not just getting your money. There are plenty of churches and plenty of organizations who care only about your money, and they will bleed you and milk you for everything you've got and even what you don't have. Titus wasn't like that. Money was not the issue to him, but obedience their obedience to God's word. That's what was most important. And you know what? This is precisely how the Apostle Paul looked at those who supported him. There were occasions where churches and individuals supported the Apostle, even though he didn't ask for it. And I want you to see something important. Philippians chapter 4, because Paul is, is really a great illustrator of this principle that Titus demonstrated by, by Paul's own life with the Philippians. Paul loved the church at Philippi, and they loved him. This is a joyous letter. In fact, that's the theme of this letter is joy. Paul had visited Philippi, and they had been very generous to him, very thoughtful, very sensitive to Paul's needs. Here was a man who didn't ask for anything, but here was a church very alert and thought, even though the guy doesn't ask, I'm sure he has needs. And so they, they ministered to Paul. And, and then for some years, they lost touch with the apostle. Finally, word came to him that he was under house arrest in Rome. And so they sent one of their leaders to this, uh, this place in Rome where Paul was under house arrest. And he brought a gift for him. He met his needs there. So Paul is writing to thank them. This, in one sense, Philippians is a thank you letter. And he finally gets to the Thanksgiving part of it in verse 10 of chapter 4, and watch this. I want you to see how concerned Paul was, not in the money that the Philippians gave him. That wasn't where his heart was, but in their spiritual welfare. Verse 10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. I mean, they, they revived it up again. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. That is to say, you've never lost your concern. You just didn't know where I was. Not that I speak, and now he wants to clarify when he's talking about them giving and him receiving. He said, not that I speak from want. He said, I'm not, I'm not writing to this to get anything more from you, or even the fact that, that I had needs. Notice this, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. I know how to get along with humble means. And I know how to live in prosperity. And that was true of Paul. He knew how to, how to live and rejoice when he didn't have much. He also knew how to handle it when God had prospered him and not to let it go to his head. He said, in every and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled as well as going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What he's saying is in every situation, whether I have a lot or I have very little, the Lord Jesus strengthens me, and I, and I want to obey him. Verse 14, nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. He wants them to understand. Even though he's content, what they did was a good thing. 
what they did to be sensitive and generous to meet his needs, that was a good thing, even though he was content if he didn't have it. Now watch this. Verse 15, you uh, yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first At the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. Of all the churches that Paul ministered to, not one church except the Philippians said, the guy has some needs. Let's meet it. And Paul said, I thank you. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. So this was a very wonderful, generous church. But watch this. He wants them to understand what he's really concerned about. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift itself. Your money is not my goal, he's saying. You're very thoughtful. I'm very grateful. I appreciate it. But your money is not what I seek. Then, Paul, what do you seek? But I seek for the profit which increases to your account. In other words, I'm seeking for treasures in heaven on your behalf. I want you to have treasures in heaven. I'm seeking your obedience so that you would honor the Lord and you would have treasures in heaven. And he probably means the investment in the ministry. You'll meet people in heaven in glory who who are the treasures. I mean, that's a tremendous truth. I'm not seeking the gift itself. I seek for your spiritual progress, for your benefit. Giving is good for you. It's not me. It's you. And then he says in verse 18 about how how it pleases God. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you've sent. That's the man who delivered this gift. And here's what it is to God. It's a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. This is tremendous. Paul is is telling them that my concern is for your spiritual welfare, not that you meet my needs. God is pleased with this gift, and you benefit spiritually. That's my primary concern. Now, that's what he's saying about Titus as we go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He's saying Titus has that concern for you in his heart. He cares about you. So here's the question. How can you tell if a church leader is really concerned about your spiritual welfare or if they're just concerned about getting your money? How do you really know? How would you know? Well, as you look back at chapter 8, notice how Titus demonstrated his interest in the Corinthians. He was willing to sacrifice for them. Now, it's subtle, but it's here. You say, how did he sacrifice? You know what? He sacrificed because he was willing to return to them. This was not the age in which you got on a train or a car or a plane and just jetted over there. This man has just returned from a very difficult and probably dangerous journey to and from Corinth. He probably had just gotten there, hardly had unpacked. And Paul said, you know what, Titus, I need you to pack again. I'm sending you back there. And Titus didn't say, oh, no, let me have a little break here. Let me, in our day and age, we'd say, let me adjust to some jet lag. I'm tired. Titus didn't do that. He was willing to return. He was willing to minister. And I might add that it was an awkward situation. There were false teachers there. There were still some people who opposed the Apostle Paul. Obviously, they had been disobedient on this very issue. But Titus didn't say, Paul, anywhere but Corinth. 
That's not easy. It's awkward. I'm out of my comfort zone there. It's really, it's really odd when I go there and I got to speak about money again and I, and I represent you and they've got all kinds of suspicions, but that wasn't his heart at all. He was willing to sacrifice, willing to set aside, aside his own preferences, his own self-interest, get out of his comfort zone. Why? Because he cared about their spiritual welfare. Now, that's very important. Wherever you give your money, you need to be convinced that those who you entrusted to in terms of the leadership care about you as people, that their first concern is not about projects, not about buildings, not about fundraising, not about budgetary needs being met, but your welfare that you come before items and equipment and buildings. I think that's very important. And those of us involved in the financial decisions that affect Lakeside need to learn from the example of Titus and the example of Paul. And the lesson is this, that our first consideration must be for the welfare of our people and their spiritual development comes first. When there are money concerns, our first concern should not be money. You can quote me on that. I don't even know if that came out right. But our first concern should be for the welfare of our people. Why are there money concerns? Are they obedient to the Lord? That ought to be our concern, not not whether we're meeting a budget. That should be our first concern. I'm not saying budgeted, uh, budget isn't important, but I am saying that our people's obedience to the Lord is the first priority because this is ministry. We are not a business. We are not a profit-making organization. This is ministry. The goal is not to meet our weekly budget, but to nurture people in honoring the Lord with their money, as well as honoring the Lord in every area. That was Paul's perspective. That was the perspective and attitude of Titus, and it must be our perspective. Wow, that's really profound and a courageous statement. I have a pastor friend who used to pastor a megachurch. He left that ministry not because of sin problems or broken relationships, but because leading the church had become primarily all about making the multi-million dollar budget. He wanted to minister to people. So now he pastors a small startup church where he's able to deal with hurting individuals and can spend more time developing future church leaders without any advice from lawyers or accountants. He loves it. And the Lord always provides what they need financially. I'm glad you could join us today for Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is taking us one verse at a time through a wonderful but often overlooked section of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you'd like to visit Lakeside sometime, the address is 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. Call the office at 727-441-1714 for directions and service times. Or go online to lakesidechapel.com. If you call outside regular office hours, please leave a message with the daytime phone number and someone will return your call. That's 727-441-1714. Or simply visit the website lakesidechapel.com. Verse by Verse is a listener-supported ministry. If you'd like to be a part of our support team, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org, or call Lakeside at 727-441-1714. We praise the Lord for the generous people who give to cover our production and airtime costs. Also on the website, you can find our extensive library of previous broadcasts by clicking on the message archive link. There's no charge for streaming or downloading these files, so we hope you'll take full advantage of that resource. That's at versebyverseradio.org. 
One other thing I'd like to tell you about while I have a few moments. Pastor Steve has an abiding concern for the sightless. So if you have a digital talking book player from the library service for the blind and you'd like a free audio Bible for your player, here's how to get it. Just call 800-838-5924 or go online to blindbibles.com. That's www.blindbibles.com or 800-838-5924. This is Jerry Peterson. As we've seen today, it is vital that the leadership of any organization we give to must first and foremost be focused on the welfare of the people they serve. In the church, that means us. But there's another leadership characteristic to consider. It's one that was demonstrated by a man who was famous in the first century church. But for some reason, we don't know his name, even though the people at Corinth knew who he was. But it's not important that we know his name. What is important is that we know his character. Join us for the next Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve Kreloff tells us more about this mystery celebrity and why he's important. We are here to give you strength between Sundays. Jesus does not want to be the most important part of your life. Jesus wants to be your life. He wants all of who you are. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570, online at com. Hey, good Friday morning. I'm Bill Carl. Looking forward to a great weekend. And in a couple of weekends, we're into Father's Day. And Father's Day is just awesomeness at our house. And it could be at your house, too, if you win the Father's Day gift. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.